1: Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors.
0: If you're a firearms enthusiast like I am or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. This is a veteran-owned and operated gun manufacturer, Bear Creek Arsenal that is, based in Sanford, North Carolina. They make high-quality firearms at an incredible value. Learn more about Bear Creek Arsenal at bearcreekarsenal.com/buck Use promo code Buck to get 10% off your first order. One more time, bearcreekarsenal.com slash Buck and promo code Buck to get 10% off your first order. Hey team, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show on this episode. Jack Posobiec. Jack Posobic How do we even describe the man known and beloved by so many as Poso? He is a... Senior editor at human dot com, a veteran Navy intel officer, a man who loves his Catholicism and his Polishness and uh, also a podcast host and uh, general man about town. Mr.
2: Mr. Soba, good to have you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate the intro. And the only thing I would add is that I, I am a I am but a humble purveyor of cheap and yet cheap, affordable and yet quality rest to all those travelers weary from. Scrolling the internet, yes, I am your humble merchant. Wow,
0: he's he's doing a, he's doing a pillow poso right now. Look at this pillow poso. I
2: know, I know, <laughs> I know the
0: moves. I know all the moves. Poso. You know who else knows Learning the moves? The, I learned it from you. Then you know who else knows the moves these days? <laughs> Chairman Xi and Putin. They're buddying oh, yeah. up Russia, China. Oh, yeah. This, if we were trying to create in a lab, the worst national security scenario over the long term for the U.S. It feels to me like a Russia-China alliance, a real one, not just sort of a general economic, oh, we're going to be buddies. A real one is pretty scary. What do you think?
2: Well, so when you look at it in terms of just uh, just basic grand strategy, real politic, you have to understand that in the world as currently constituted, there are essentially three great powers. There's China, Russia, and the United States. Now, in in the Cold War it was China, China, the Soviet Union, and the United States. And this is what, and that it was the Cold War, Cold War, Cold War, China goes communist in 1949. Then in the 1970s, there's all these secret meetings, the secret travels of Kissinger, and then of course, the very public travel of Nixon to China that breaks up Russia, China, that brings China into the US's orbit. And that sets the stage for the eventual downfall of the Soviet Union as uh, you know, the Austrians used to say in a world of three be two. And so what we've done, essentially, is the opposite of that, we've decided to throw all that grand strategy out the window, we've decided to throw common sense out of the window, and decide that in a world of three great powers, that we were going to drive both of them into each other's arms at the same time, because when you consider it from From the standpoint of any U.S. diplomat, your goal should always be to try to isolate Russia and then isolate China so that they specifically do not ever do what just happened this week.
0: What do you think about the Biden administration policy in Ukraine up to this point?
2: Well, so I think what they've done essentially, and not just in Ukraine, but also in their this idea of their interactions with Russia. Remember, complete refusal of negotiations, complete refusal to have uh, one-on-one talks. It seems like they're not even phone calls going on between, uh, between the Kremlin and the White House right now. Think of Reagan, right? Reagan would be meeting with Soviet leaders even during the invasion of Afghanistan. So he always kept that door open and had this sort of two-track policy where, okay, you can point out that, that the United States was certainly funding uh, elements of the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, but also he was still meeting with Soviet leaders. He was still opening up this diplomatic side. Now we've decided to completely eschew any diplomatic negotiations whatsoever. You've got people that are just absolute radicals like Victoria Newland and Tony Blinken, who just does whatever she says, I mean, he's basically her clerk at the end of the day, Mm. and who say that um, Russia has to give back Crimea and the Donbass and the Kremlin needs to be reduced to ash and all of that, you know, Putin has to step down and all this stuff. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. It's literally just not going to happen. And then they've completely decided to forget about having any strategy other than, Simply thinking that it's it's the it's 1992 again, and the United States can just dominate the world and tell everybody what they want, like we did in the Gulf in the Gulf War, and we did during this, you know, Pax Americana, the end of history that Fukuyama told us about, the peace dividend, and unfortunately we're not there anymore. And you can talk about the millions of reasons why the rise of China, the relative decrease in American influence, etc. The the Um, overabundance of U.S. power trying to fill the world with NATO, like uh, our adventures in Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, Syria, the list goes on. But essentially, the rest of the world has gotten to the point where they're kind of sick of it and they're kind of sick of us. And they realize that what China has offered now, what China's offering along with BRICS, and keep in mind that India and Brazil are also going along with this. They're quietly right now, but they're also going along in South Africa as well. They don't really have a choice. That... Uh, Russia and China are saying we're offering an alternate to the Western system, not just the American system, but the Western system writ large. That includes Europe, the World Economic Forum, et cetera, where they say, we don't care what your, your values are. We don't care if you're dictators. We don't care who you execute on a regular basis. We just want access to resources. We want your basing rights. We want portage. We want to be able to sell our products in your country. And we want to make sure that all your rare earth minerals are coming to us. And you look, the Saudis and the Iranians, guess what? The Sunni and the Shia, Buck, have just signed a deal at the behest of Beijing. Uh, the Turks and the Syrians are signing a deal now for the first time in something like eight years, probably a decade, actually, 10 years, where we've seen this, um, you know, the, uh, essentially Erdogan wanted to slide out of there. Now they're signing a deal. Israel is just kind of forgotten about. Israel, the Abraham Accords are just completely gone. Um, the, the Yemenis and the Houthis, it looks like that's actually starting to quiet down. Uh, the Egyptians are getting involved, we're hearing, um, all throughout Africa, they're meeting with with China and Russia, and even in South America as well. So we've seen this with, um, with uh, uh, Oberdor in Mexico and, and also in Brazil with their new leader, So with Lula. And so the United States really has to understand what's happening here. Plus, what's interesting to me is to look at the role of Russia in this, because we forced Russia into this alliance with China, But also, Russia's been forced to be there as the junior partner because they no no longer have access to Western capital markets. They no longer have access, obviously, to Europe to sell their gas because, obviously, that pipeline is now resting at the bottom of the Baltic Sea. I wonder who put it there. Um, And they've basically severed their entire ties with the West. And so what you're seeing now is this massive balance of economic, geopolitical, and military power that is shifting to this new Eastern alliance. And there's an obvious fault line right there for Russia where we could, as U.S. diplomats, you could easily say, do you really want to be the junior partner to China? Do you really want to be subservient to Beijing? Because we could offer you an off-ramp if we can at least get these things shut down in Ukraine. But of course, no one in in the U.S. is actually thinking that way.
0: What do you think a sensible end to the war in Ukraine would look like? What, what would have to get done for us to be at that place?
2: Well, I think a sensible end is to understand that, um, and I, I say this with my Navy intel uh, hat on, that um, clearly Crimea is a red line for the Russians, for Putin. Um, it's the, the home port of their Black Sea fleet. It's their main base. Uh, Sevastopol, they're not going to give that up. As far as specific territory in the Donbass or this land bridge that they've built, I feel like that's negotiable um obviously a ceasefire would be the first thing the armistice to be signed and we're also by the way we're hearing noise out of the kremlin saying that they want that and remember it's the biden administration right now that's rejecting it they're saying oh this would be peace on russia's terms this would be co-opting what they've done this would be uh uh what do, what do they say parroting russian propaganda uh, freezing the gains in well guess what they, you know the situation on the ground is the situation at the ground but essentially what the u.s would have to do is more than likely drop uh, NATO membership for Ukraine. This this proposal. That's obviously their biggest red line for Russia. That's why they win and they keep saying it over and over. And but number two, there would more than likely be some kind of international. And this is what China wants, by the way, as well. They've also agreed to this. They want some kind of international peace deal for whatever's left of Ukraine right now and then in addition hammer out what exactly the economic agreement is going to be between Ukraine and Europe so there's going to be one may, maybe it's EU membership or some kind of you know um, you know observer status in the EU where they get access to Schengen that type of thing but not necessarily full NATO membership without NATO bases inside European borders, which of course is very very upsetting to the Kremlin. I feel like all of that could be hammered out rather than us getting into, you know, I don't know. I just watched uh, the uh, all quiet on the Western front front the other day. Very good movie. uh, Fantastic. So fantastic. And I've read the book years ago, but they, they point out that for four years, those trenches, you know, you had millions of people were being killed over, you know, a football field's worth of territory uh, in some cases, or a couple of football fields. You know, we could save ourselves a lot of the trouble and save a lot of lives A lot of people's sons and daughters and God forbid everyone else is caught up in this conflict by just skipping to the end right now. And I think that makes sense from a moral standpoint and certainly from a United States diplomatic standpoint.
0: Jack, I want to ask you about how this affects Chinese calculations uh, with regard to Taiwan in just a moment and also talk to you a bit about 2024 and politics here at home. But first up. The recent bank failures you saw are the largest since the financial collapse back in 2008. So if you've been on the fence about buying gold and silver, now is the time to make the call. Gold and silver can be a protection for your portfolio, but can also be used as currency. And you could need it as that one day. You never know. Why not have a little gold and silver on hand just in case to protect your portfolio? Now is the time to call the Oxford Gold Group and hear what they have to say. The phone call is free. Securing your IRA or 401k with real gold and silver is a portfolio protection plan, and the Oxford Gold Group has made it as easy as one, two, three. It's just so straightforward. You just decide that you're going to go for it, and you can get precious metals sent right to your home. That's it. Now you own real precious metals like I do. Mine came from the Oxford Gold Group. Yours should, too. Call them now. Oxford Gold Group. Ask about free bonus opportunities you could be eligible for as well. Call 833-404-GOLD, 833-404-GOLD. All right, Mr. Mr. Posobik, um, tell me more about China and Taiwan and how Russia, Ukraine does or does not factor into the timeline and decision making there.
2: Well, it certainly factors in. And you have to say that with Russia or I should say with Beijing, with China, and of course, Xi Jinping is more than happy to go to Moscow to give Putin all the face that he needs, because that's what Putin needs. Right. He needs this credibility on the world stage. He needs an answer to the you know everyone looking out there saying okay what's to become of russia it's this huge wild card xi jinping goes in and gives him all the credibility in the world well, what does this mean that he's now beholden to xi he now owes that all to xi jinping so you've got russia on your side the calculation of what is cuz what does china need for that to fuel their massive growth they need gas they need oil and guess what is directly south of those massive gas deposits in far eastern Siberia is Beijing. It's right there. And so they're built, they've, of course, signed a deal for pipelines. They're going to be building nuclear plants, atomic plants. They're going to be doing everything. As it comes to the degree of control, when, when you look at Taiwan, vis Taiwan. So Taiwan, so China's pursuing an interesting strategy where russia you could say is pursuing the Mackinder world island strategy for this dominance of central asia this dominance of the heartland theory whereas china they are focusing more and more on mahan the influence of sea power on world history and so mahan focuses specifically on the strategic sea lines of communication aka choke points Whereas china focused on in the Western Hemisphere, of course, the Panama Canal, and then we're also hearing Tierra del Fuego, which is the strait between uh, Argentina and Antarctica, because they know that the flow of trade, the flow of the economy uh, is determinate on these choke points where they focused on in the Middle East. Well, it's very obvious. The Suez Canal, the Strait of Hormuz, right, right, between essentially the Arab Peninsula and Iran. Now we come to Asia. That's the Strait of Malacca. So that gives you Singapore. And then what's the most other important, the last piece uh, for all of Asia, the very last strait that they would need to control, of course, is the Taiwan Strait. So this is part of China's grand strategy of building the One Belt One Road, aka the New Silk Road over land, that's through Central Asia to Europe, and then the Maritime Silk Road. That includes all of those choke points that I just let, outlined. So The Taiwan Strait is key to China's strategy. These maritime shipping routes, because I hear people talk about the the issue of Taiwan and obviously the the political history of of it being the former government of China, the Republic of China, of all of the mainland uh, now, you know, in exile on on Taiwan Island. Uh, Beijing considers them a rogue province. They're sort of a de facto country on their own because they're self-governing. They claim uh, legitimacy over the rest of China, et cetera, et cetera. The calculus for them, though, is, can they control the maritime shipping routes on the inside of the Taiwan Strait and to the outside of the Taiwan Strait? And as long as they can control those buck, I don't necessarily think that you're going to see a Chinese invasion or even a naval blockade of Taiwan, unless, of course, unless, of course, the United States eggs them on or. Uh, Taiwan moves for some kind of formal declaration of independence on their own, a declaration of independence as a as a sovereign nation. If you see those, then, of course, I think you will see China first. I, I think it would be a military blockade. A naval blockade would be the most obvious uh, move by China. They've actually done it. They did it just about 12 months ago uh, when they held live fire exercises all around the island. Um, and also, it would be very expensive, right? So you're talking about huge sea lift uh, even though it's very close you've got it that's an amphibious assault that's an amphibious invasion you're talking i mean think of normandy the price of normandy and how hard that was even back in the 1940s for the united states to conduct you're talking about the same exact issue against a fortified position it's not going to be easy for them that being said a blockade starve them out uh, allow you know not allow united states to resupply not allow united states weapons u.s weapons to get in that would obviously be a huge huge win For the chinese communist party and a very easy operation for the people's liberation army navy to be able to conduct so i think that i think that right now the signals that we're seeing out of beijing seem to be that they want to go back to this this longer slower process of pushing for taiwan to be absorbed into china which is the same type of process that they were using for hong kong right up until the protests really kicked off and when those protests kicked off in 2019 that's when you saw the national security law come in from xi jinping that's when you saw the freedom leaders and democracy leaders being rounded up and of course we all know that just a few months later covid 19 seemed to just make all those protests disappear because everyone was forced to lock down and the leaders themselves also disappeared so they would prefer very much to use that low and slow process, because of course the Chinese plan things out in terms of generations. They're not like the US where we think of uh, election cycles. They don't have election cycles, right? And Xi Jinping, of course, is firmly in control of the party. And I've heard some other you know, kind of China watchers say, oh, she is is threatened. He's vulnerable. No, he's really not. He's taken every he took the 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 their Elon Musk, essentially Jack Ma, and they locked him up for nearly half a year because he he, you know, went off the playbook. This is not a guy who feels threats internally. The only thing that he's going to respond to, because you look at it, he's got the United States in his pocket, he's got the World Economic Forum in his pocket, he's got Joe Biden in the White House, and now he's got Vladimir Putin who owes him a massive favor. He's holding a lot of cards right now, Buck.
0: Uh, that's all true. Uh, Jack, I want to talk to you about 2024. Do you have your guy yet, or gal, could be, or are you waiting to see how this plays out in the primary? I want to discuss that with you in, in just a moment. But first, born from the tragedy of 9-11, the the Towers Foundation has been honoring America's heroes ever since. The foundation honors fallen and severely injured heroes and their families with mortgage-free smart homes. This year alone, hundreds of gold star and fallen first responder families with young children and our nation's most severely injured veterans and first responders are receiving homes. More than 500 homeless veterans received housing and services last year and more than 1500 are receiving housing and services this year. This coming Memorial Day, all of the brave men and women lost since 9-11 in the war on terror are having their names read aloud in a tunnel to tower ceremony in our nation's capital. Through the Tunnel the to Towers 9-11 Institute, the foundation is educating kids, and ki- kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day. Join Tunnel the to Towers on its mission to do good. Please help America to never forget its greatest heroes. Join me in donating $11 a month to Tunnel the to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T, dot org. All right, Jack, 2024, who are going to be the nominees, who's going to win,
2: and why? 2024. Well, I mean, I, I would have said this six months ago, but I think you've really seen it this week that it, it President Trump seems to be in the driver's seat. He's got a lot of gas behind him right now. Obviously, all this stuff out of New York, out of Georgia, out of D.C., these potential indictments. I think there was a miscalculation on the behalf of the Democrats and Merrick Garland, who I, I, by the way, it's very clear that Merrick Garland is behind what's going on in Manhattan and Georgia as well. I don't know if he's offered these guys some, you know, positions. Oh, Alvin Bragg, I'm going to nominate you as the assistant U.S. whatever in the DOJ after this, but, you know, he's falling flat on his face. But um, it, it's, it's done the opposite because it's, what it's done is show, I think, the whole world. That, that Trump was telling the truth about the deep state, that they really were out to get him, that what Amanda Milius and Lee Smith and everybody pointed out, that this plot against the president was real. That there was, as crazy as it sounds, a conspiracy to get him out of office. And now there's a, uh, almost a, a, um, you know, a preemptive coup going on to try to stop him from returning to office. And I think the American people, uh, I think they're really miscalculated. They, there used to be a time in this country you know, back in the 1990s, where the media kind of set the table, where media really set public opinion in this country, and if there was a headline in the New York Times, a headline in the Wall Street Journal, it was done. People just went with that, and that that really you know you talk about the Iraq War and the lead up to that, where that was kind of the last hurrah of that of that era. But it's not like that anymore because suddenly, if they announce charges on President Trump, I think people's more initial Uh, response to that is going to be, you know, something like that's BS. Why are they trying to stop this guy? Because there's so little trust in the system right now. There's so little trust in the media. There's so little trust in these institutions, certainly so little trust in the federal government, that all it does is help him and actually burnish his credentials. And so I, I, I would have said it six months ago, I'd say it now, I think, I think the nomination is Trump's. Uh, obviously, he's seeking that. I don't see anybody out there on the playing field that can really challenge him. I think that if you saw when he went to East Palestine and, and met with the families there, that it, it just seemed to me that he's, he's got this, this emotional resonance with voters, particularly in the Midwest, in the South, and the upper Midwest, that I, I don't see any other politician in America really breaking right now. I just don't.
0: And how does he stack up against Joe Biden. I think we can pretty safely assume it will be Joe Biden running for re-election. Although it's not hundred percent, but
2: well, they will Trump... take. Uh, go ahead. They will. They will put Biden. They will put a stick under that guy's you know yes. jo- uh, coat jacket and prop him I up agree. like Weekend at Bernie's if they have to.
0: Yeah, they will. So let's assume. Let's assume it's, 2024. I would, I would assume it's Trump Biden twenty twenty four. How does that Biden? go?
2: I think. I think it actually goes in Trump's favor, and here's why: because people can talk about the brashness of President Trump, but you know what? He can also point to two things that nobody else can, four years of peace and four years of prosperity, that America was rich, the economy was booming for four years, and we weren't embarking on these new world wars. There was no proxy war in Ukraine. Tanks weren't rolling into Kiev. These horrible images that we're seeing out of everywhere. China and Russia weren't forming these alliances together. It seemed like he was kind of keeping a lot of these things in check. And oh, by the way, radical Islam. I mean, Buck, when's the last time you even said the phrase radical Islam? He wiped them out. He completely went from 2002 to 2016. It was our lead issue in like all of politics. And now it's, it's just gone, completely wiped out in one term. And I think that because Biden's term in office has been so abysmal, that things have gotten so crazy. The economy's in free fall. We have this massive bank collapse, as you just mentioned. Uh, World affairs seem like they're completely falling out of control. It's essentially you're looking at the second term of Jimmy Carter here. And I think if he frames it that way and says, look, I've got the record to beat this guy. Plus, you've got these indictments. I think he's going to win.
0: What do you think about DeSantis' chances against him in the primary?
2: You know, I think DeSantis is a strong governor. I think he's a great I wish we had 50 Ron DeSantis's running all 50 states, to be honest. Um, I think, though, that he's still he still just started his second term as governor. And I think it makes I think more people are looking for him to to put to stack those W's in the primary. And that being said, I would throw out this. I don't think he'd be successful against Trump in a primary. But and I, I've said this publicly a few times already. I do think that he would be President Trump's strongest running mate right now. When you just look at it in terms of the political process, um, who are those voters that Trump needs to win back? Who are those voters that Trump needs to make inroads in? That is the suburbs. Trump's got the base. He's got the primary on lock. But in the general, he could really be helped by somebody like a DeSantis to to go to those voters and say, look, you know, this this is about operations, this is about policy, this isn't about, you know, mean tweets. You know, people have issues with that. I think it's honestly something that would be his best, his best possible pick, at least right now. And then because Trump, think of it, he's term limited to just one more term. Um so he goes in, then that sets up DeSantis essentially to have an eight year period. So it's it's not just four years. It's actually a 12 year you know, stretch of just absolute conservative dominance at the White House, which we have seen before if you look at Reagan Bush.
0: We're proud supporters of
2: those who serve
0: our country and our local communities. That includes our military, law enforcement, firefighters, emergency medical professionals, and other government service personnel. There's an American company whose entire mission
1: is built around serving these individuals, GovX.com. If you've served our country in one of these ways, go to govx.com and join the community today. It's fast, easy, and totally free. GovX members get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands that want to honor your service. Brands like Oakley, Vortex Optics, Yeti, Under Armour, and many more. You'll also save big on sports tickets, entertainment, and travel.
0: Govx.com is a one-stop shop for everything you need on or off duty. A portion of every order goes towards nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. More than 8 million people
1: are already saving every day through GovX. Visit govX.com and use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Nowadays,
0: 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk.
1: You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost. The average-sized family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids.
0: Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values, who supports our military and veterans, creates American jobs, and refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash buck. Would you be willing to help broker a discussion between Trump Trump team and DeSantis team to see if that That's would what even I'm, be a possibility?
2: More than happy. More than happy to. Hey, they're in the same state. That actually would be, um, interestingly enough, one of the biggest, other than obviously all the... Uh, personality issues aside, that and keep in mind that that uh, Reagan and Bush back in 1980, that was another shotgun marriage that was made at the convention. There was a, a bitter primary fight that was put between uh, George Bush Sr. and Ronald Reagan, who then went on to become his vice president and then, of course, president after him. But um, sort of was an eight years and four years. Those would be a four years and eight years. And so it's it's not to say that it hasn't happened before, but also that uh, there is a constitutional question of them both being residents of the same state that would have to be dealt with.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I I see people. This is one of those things where you'll say there's a misconception that they can't be from the same state. You know, if you just look this up and then people will say,
2: actually, they can't be from the same state. And you sit here and you say, okay, we got we got to it's actually as far as I can tell. As far as I can tell, it's actually never been um, it's ever been challenged. Yeah. So it is one of those things that would probably so go to the Supreme Court. This and is depend on how the Article Two
0: works. states the electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by val- vote by ballot for two persons of whom at least one shall not be an inhabitant of the state with themselves. And uh, it says here under the original system, electors did not distinguish between candidates of the nation's top two offices. The candidate with the most votes became president. The runner-up became vice president. We all know that. The 12th Amendment adopted in 1804 after two chaotic elections mandated their electors cast separate ballots for president and vice president. However, the rule preventing an elector from voting for two people from his home state remained in effect under the new system. Um, but, uh, you know, so which which one is it? It's very
2: confusing. And and obviously the way around it would be. Sounds like you can't.
0: I'm, all, all, all I'm reading Trump from the history. I'm really. reading from history dot com. And it sounds like, wait. But then they say there are misconceptions. There's no law or yeah, regulation yeah. against a president and vice president being from the same state. So interesting. Anyway, Which go ahead. The,
2: the easiest way around it would just be for Trump to he could easily switch his residence back to New York. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. President. There would be some more taxes, um, but it's like, well, they're already trying to what are they going to do? Try to prosecute you. Oh, wait,
0: <laughs> that's true. So what's, the, I, what's
2: the worst thing that could happen other than the tax? Yeah, what's Plus, the worst that could happen?
0: Already, already lost it. Lost a fair amount of money. Um you know, from running, I mean, and, and a bunch of other yeah, things.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that challenge is easily dealt with. I think it's dealt with. And, and and quite frankly, I think the Supreme Court looking at it, because keep in mind that the the Supreme Court that we have right now, kind of the Thomas Court, is, is constituted, they're very much originalists and they're focused on original intent when it comes to constitutional questions like this. Well, the issue there that they were trying to deal with in those initial unruly elections was that it, they weren't, it was, you know, it came down to, the second highest vote-getter would be the vice president. And so the issue they were dealing with was who would become president. That was the reason for the rule in the first place. Well, if you're running as a combined ticket, obviously that that wouldn't be an issue anymore.
0: Right, right. I mean, here they're saying, by the way, they, they say that it's kind of the whole thing is silly, like Cheney, for example. This is why, even if it was an issue, it's not an issue, to your point. I, I've actually looked at the bottom of the, uh, the analysis here because... <laughs> Which, you know, Cheney had been living in the 2000 election. Cheney had been living and paying taxes in Texas for five years. He just changed his right. resident. He just changed his residency to
2: Wyoming. Boom. Done. Yeah, it's as simple as that. I I don't think it would be that hard, which gets you again, gets you out of the constitutional question. But even if you brought it to the court, I I can't imagine the court would. would. Are you optimistic, because- Jack?
0: I mean, do you think you think things are going to get better in the country? How, what, what's, what makes Jack Posobiec think that what makes agent Poso think we're all going to be OK?
2: I'm kind of a white-pilled guy on that. You know, I, I, I do tend to think of, of myself as hopeful. I, I, I pray every morning. I do a rosary every morning. Um, and we do it with the family. And I actually think that when I, look at, when I look around at the world and I see how crazy things are, but I also think that I have hope in the American people. And when I say that, what I mean is you, you get to a point where things get so bad, where things get so crazy, when things get so completely out of control, when the United when the when there's Chinese spy balloons flying across our military bases and U.S. Uh, drones getting struck down in the Black Sea when we even try to take a peek at what's going on in, in Ukraine. By the way, that that is how you're supposed to deal with the drone. You you shoot it out of the sky, right, rather, as rather than let it fly over your bases. Just a just a point of military strategy out there for everybody. Um. That that people get sick of it, that I think that people know that Biden generally looks weak on the world stage. Uh, our economy is in absolute free fall. I think that this news about a potential Trump arrest was was leaked because everyone was freaking out about the banking crisis. And I think the American people realize that, you know what, there may have been some mean tweets and there may have been a bad orange man in the White House, but everyone's lives were a little bit better when when that was going on. And so, you know what, it's worth it.
0: Jack Posobiec, everybody. Jack, where can people go to follow your latest other than on
2: Twitter where you are prolific? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way too many tweets up there. The best, honestly, if you want, if you want post and in small, quick, concise doses, human events daily. We do the podcast every day. It's 25 minutes or less because when I was in the Navy, they used to tell us uh, the mark of a good briefer was to be good, be brief, be gone. And so that is our promise, our oath, and our solemn vow to our listeners every day.
0: I remember in the CIA, we had to do elevator briefs all the time because they basically just prepared Precisely. us for the notion that important people were going to say, All right, get in the elevator with me. Tell me what I need to know. And I was always was like, like yep, 100%. Well, but I was always like, well, Is the elevator like, is this a skiff? Probably not. But we're supposed to pretend that all those rules, Jack, as you know, are adhered to <laughs> to the letter all the time. Uh, Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, no, no, totally. I've never had conversations like that in the P way. No, no,
0: no, no. Other than, uh, you know, Joe Biden, who has classified stuff hanging out next to the Corvette in his garage. Anyway, everybody, Jack Posobiec, go follow him. Go check out Human Events Daily. And Mr. Jack, great to have you. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Appreciate it, Buck. Thank you, man. If you've got a military
0: first responder, emergency medical or government service background, govx.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned.
1: GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. It's easy and totally free. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX. Savings for those who serve.